From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, and no doubt continues now. This is indeed the broadcast for December the 5th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Hour 2 at 2, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers, to use the supreme law of the land, the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution, to stand up for the checks and balances that made America great, to get we the people involved, to reject democracy, to stand for the greatest republic on the planet. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. By the way, a little side note. Got great news for you. Willie Nelson decides he's going to quit smoking pot. What do you think of that, Kurt? Well, yeah, except yeah? for uh, <laughs> when I looked into the story a little bit more, um, his spokeswoman said that uh, there's a lot of ways that, you know, you can consume cannabis, she said. Yeah, you just got to uh, eat brownies. You know, buddy. so... So, uh, anyway, uh, apparently uh, he's 86 now. He likes living in a, um, you know, bus uh, where he, you know, travels from place to place and I guess does his, uh, you know, presentation concerts or whatever. But yeah, uh, there you go. He says he's uh, the 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 smoke is kind of rough on his lungs. Yeah, he's having a hard time so, breathing. Uh, you wonder why, huh? Yeah. Smoke pot for 60 years and you're like, hey, I can't, I can't breathe very good, you know. Um, the guy started smoking pot back in 1954, man. Uh, but he says, you know, pot kind of saved his life, Kurt. Did you hear about this? No. I yeah, man, you got to dig into the whole part. story, buddy. Come on now. Yeah. Willie says well, pot saved go. his life because otherwise he would have been drinking. Drinking would have killed him and pot saved him and he's all good. So there you go. But at least he's not smoking pot. I kind of like that. I mean, you got to take the good news. Other than that, it's not so bad, as Kurt says. Or, you know, you got to pull good that point. silver lining out. At least he ain't smoking pot, buddy. Good news. All right, we're going to get to our guest, I promise. And our guest is vitally important, uh, a very special guest. But we need to talk about this impeachment issue. Because now it's moving from, quote, the, um, I don't know what you call it, theater TV house committees to supposedly the real house committees, where they're going to, you know, the buck stops here kind of thing. So they've got a bunch of law professors to kind of counsel them on the Constitution. Now, they should have got our guest coming up. Uh they should have got Sam Bushman or Kirk Crosby or, you know, real constitutional, but they got these law professors. Uh, and the law professors, um, they had hoped were going to double down and I don't know what the term would be, but give them license to continue. Uh, in other words, endorse their impeachment proceedings efforts. Well, it kind of backfired, man. It really did. Jonathan Turley, a well-known Democrat um, and a, an attorney professor guy, he destroys... All that they claim and his pros are fascinating. I normally don't play these long of clips on the radio, but I want to because his comments are so good and he's a Democrat, but he makes some important points and then he makes some fundamental flaws. I'll point out both as we continue and then we'll have Kurt and Sam and our esteemed guest talk about it. Listen to this guy. William Jefferson Clinton. I never thought that I would have to appear a second time to address the same question with regard to another sitting president. Yet here we are. The elements are strikingly similar. The intense rancor and rage of the public debate is the same. It's the atmosphere that the framers anticipated. 
Okay, let's be very clear, though. It's not the public that's having this debate. It's government having the debate in front of the public. The public is watching theater TV with open mouth surprise and shock and dismay. Okay, it's not really the public having this debate for the most part. It's fueled by the media, fundamentally carried out by, uh, in my opinion, criminals in Congress. But nevertheless, we continue. Stifling intolerance of opposing views is the same. I'd like to start, therefore, perhaps incongruously, by stating an irrelevant fact. I'm not a supporter of President Trump. I voted against him. My personal views of President Trump are as irrelevant to my impeachment testimony as they should be to your impeachment vote. Now, I think that is the most, one of the most spot-on statements I've ever heard. My personal opinions are aside here. We're going to follow the rule of law. We're going to use the checks and balances. We're going to see if there's literally a case for impeachment based on high crimes and misdemeanors. We're going to literally double down and use the supreme law of the land to lay this out. And if there's warrant, we're going to move forward. If there's not, we're going to reject it. And politics and partisanship and whatever else and personal opinion, all that's irrelevant. He's spot on. President Trump will not be our last president. And what we leave in the wake of this scandal will shape our democracy for generations to come. Now, he's right on that it will shape our country for generations to come. But this law professor, a guy with a law degree, a guy that's collegiately, quote, supposedly qualified, is ignorant as all get out. He thinks we have a democracy. Okay, I just need this professor to pledge allegiance to the flag for a second, and he won't hear the word democracy. He will hear the word republic, though. And if you understand the founding fathers, they said we have a republic if we can keep it. Well, part of keeping it is stopping professors and, quote, law. Um, what do you want to call it? Lawyer testimony providers or testifiers, whatever you want to call it. Um, running around promoting a democracy like, oh, man, our democracy will change. We don't have a democracy, sir. If you don't understand that, you're a legal professional. You scare the crap out of me. OK, pardon my language, but you scare the heck out of me. What on earth is going on when these guys think we have a democracy? Democracy says if the Democrats want to just barbecue the president, by all means, their numbers are greater. Right? It's kind of like what's for dinner, say the foxes. I mean, it's crazy town. But the poor guy can't help his ignorance. He's been indoctrinated that way for his whole life. Just so you know, professor, just so you know, quote, bar certified lawyers, we have a republic, not a democracy. You could say, oh, tiny point, Sam. No, fundamental difference. The difference of being able to preserve this nation or lose our country. That big of a difference, my friends. All right, he continues. He's right on the point, though, that our country will be fundamentally changed. He's right. I'm concerned about lowering impeachment standards to fit a paucity of evidence and an abundance of anger. I believe this impeachment not only fails to satisfy the standard of past impeachments, but would create a dangerous precedent for future impeachments. My testimony lays out the history of impeachment from early English cases to colonial cases to the present day. The early impeachments were raw political exercises using fluid definitions of criminal and non-criminal acts. When the framers met in Philadelphia, they were quite familiar with impeachment and its abuses, including the Hastings case, which was discussed in the convention, a case that was still pending for trial in England. Unlike the English impeachments, the American model was more limited, not only in its application to judicial and executive officials, but its grounds. 
the framers rejected a proposal to add maladministration because Madison objected that so vague a term would be equivalent to a tenure during the pleasure of the Senate. In the end, various standards that had been used in the past were rejected. Corruption, obtaining office by improper means, betraying the trust of a foreign, to a foreign power, negligence, perfidy, peculation, and oppression. Perfidy or lying and peculation, self-dealing, are particularly relevant to our current controversy. My testimony explores the impeachment cases of Nixon, Johnson, and Clinton. The closest of these three cases is to the 1868 impeachment of Andrew Johnson. It is not a model or an association that this committee should relish. In that case, a group of opponents of the presidents called the Radical Republicans created a trapdoor crime in order to impeach the president. They even defined it as a high misdemeanor. There was another shared aspect besides the atmosphere of that impeachment and also the unconventional style of the two presidents. And that shared element is speed. This impeachment would rival the Johnson impeachment as the shortest in history, depending on how one counts the relevant days. Now, there are three distinctions when you look at these, or the three commonalities when you look at these past cases. All involved established crimes. This would be the first impeachment in history where there would be considerable debate, and in my view, not compelling evidence of the commission of a crime. Second is the abbreviated period of this investigation, which is problematic and puzzling. This is a facially incomplete and inadequate record in order to impeach a president. Allow me to be candid in my closing remarks because we have limited time. We are living in the very period described by Alexander Hamilton, a period of agitated passions. I get it. You're mad. The president's mad. My Republican friends are mad. My Democratic friends are mad. My wife is mad. My kids are mad. Even my dog seems mad. And Luna's a golden doodle, and, and they don't get mad. So we're all mad. Where has that taken us? Will a slipshod impeachment make us less mad? Will it only invite an invitation for the madness to follow every future administration? That is why this is wrong. It's not wrong because President Trump is right. His call was anything but perfect. It's not wrong because the House has no legitimate reason to investigate the Ukrainian controversy. It's not wrong because we're in an election year. There is no good time for an impeachment. No. It's wrong because this is not how you impeach an American president. This case is not a case of the unknowable. It's a case of the peripheral. We have a record of conflicts, defenses that have not been fully considered, unsubpoenaed witness with material evidence. Quick pause. We'll be back to it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now he's on fire, and there's a reason that I'm bringing this up. Uh, hang tight. We're almost done with it. I normally don't play these long clips, but there's a reason for this one. Hang tight. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Nothing like it on your radio, is there? The foundation. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. I'd invite Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So, so I want to be honest, it's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and you lose, you start blaming somebody else. Then you don't have what it takes to be in this job. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, so this is well-known attorney Democrat Professor Jonathan Turley. And he destroys the Democrat impeachment narrative in a historic speech. We continue with it now. To impeach a president on this record would expose every future president to the same type of inchoate impeachment. Principle often takes us to a place we would prefer not to be. That was the place seven Republicans found themselves in the Johnson trial, when they saved a president from acquittal that they despised. For generations, they've been celebrated as profiles of courage. Senator Edmund Ross said it was like looking down into his open grave. And then he jumped because he didn't have any alternative. It's easy to celebrate those people from the distance of time and circumstance in the age of rage. It's appealing to listen to those saying, forget the definitions of crimes, just do it. Like this is some impulse by Nike sneaker. You can certainly do that. You can declare the definitions of crimes alleged are immaterial and just an exercise of politics, not the law. However, those legal definitions and standards, which I've addressed in my testimony, are the very thing that divide rage from reason. This all brings up to me, and I will conclude with this, of a scene from A Man for All Seasons by, with Sir Thomas More when his son-in-law, William Roper, put the law 
suggested that Moore was putting the law ahead of morality. He said Moore would give the devil the benefit of the law. When Moore asks Roper, would he instead cut a great road through the law to get after the devil? Roper proudly declares, yes. I'd cut down every law of England to do that. Moore responds, and when the last laws cut down and the devil turned around on you, where would you hide, Roper, all the laws being flat? He said, this country is planted thick with laws from coast to coast, man's laws, not God's. And if you cut them down and you're just the man to do it, do you really think you could stand upright in the winds that would blow then? And he finished by saying, yes, I'd give the, the devil the benefit of the law for my own sake. So I will conclude with this. Both sides of this controversy have demonized the other to justify any measure in their defense, much like Roper. Perhaps that's the saddest part of all of this. We have forgotten the common article of faith that binds each of us to each other in our Constitution. However, before we cut down the trees so carefully planted by the framers, I hope you will consider what you will do when the wind blows again, perhaps for a Democratic president. Where will you stand then when all the laws being flat? Thank you again for the honor of testifying today, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. I thank the witnesses. All right. Jonathan Turley doubles down like I haven't seen in my lifetime. That was brilliant testimony. I believe it will be the turning point, and impeachment will go nowhere. His points are so spot on. I, I, I can't even believe I'm agreeing with a hardened Democrat attorney like I am, but he's right. And so now I want to move to our guest, Joe Bannister, well-known IRS investigator. He taught, he got uh, investigative training from some of the, quote, best in the business, right? Uh, and now he wants truth to the American people on taxation. He wrote a book about that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but what do you think of that testimony, and do you think it's a turning point, Joe Bannister? Uh, I, I, I like the testimony very much. It was fantastic, but I don't, I fear it won't be a turning point. Um, you know, especially what he said about uh, common articles of faith, you know, that we should all be adhering to. And, you know, what will you do? Where will you stand when a Democratic president, you know, faces the same kind of impeachment effort? And I just I don't have any faith in, um, you know, Nadler or any of these Democrats. And I'm not saying that Republicans couldn't, you know, have a absence of a spine as well. But I just think these Democrats, all they care about is power, control, and they, they've they kind of, um, like you said, that one legislator that was looking at his grave and went ahead and jumped in. <laughs> uh, all right. What that means is, what that means is he didn't want to free the president because he democratically wanted to go along with the impeachment, but basically duty called and he said he kind of had to stand up for the president even though he hated him, right? Yeah, but I think in this case, it's just turned upside down where the, the Democrats have basically they've moved forward and there may be a lot of regret, but they can't they realize that turning back would just, you know, 
destroy their their base. Uh, at least their- yeah, what I think is the hardened ones like the Nadler, like the Schiff, like the Hillary Clintons, like the Barack Obamas, those people are going to go ahead headlong and not even care. I do think there might be enough in his testimony, though, where a few Democrats who might have gone along will go against impeachment, and that might be the um, uh, the stop the uh, psychosis, if you will. There might be a few Democrats that join with Republicans that'll say, hey, we're not going to impeach here. And it might be enough to stop it. There's a few Democrats that are kind of sitting on the fence and a few that are pretty hesitant. Those are the ones he might get to. Kurt, what do you think of this? That's one very good question, Sam. Um, you know, but uh, I I appreciate his uh, comments and his reasoning. And uh, like you say, uh you know, the whole uh, I'm a Democrat and supported, you know, voted against uh, Trump, et cetera, that it let, he says those are all really good points. Uh, you know, it would be um, nice to think that uh, there would be some logic and some, you know, real thought process going on in Congress. Um, the leaders of the Congress, uh, at least the House, especially, don't seem to use much of that, though. Um, Sad but far true. As I can tell. Now, one of the things that's interesting is Donald Trump has kind of called this a coup, and you know I've been a little bit less saying that it's a coup, but saying it's it's wrong and dishonest and immoral and all that kind of stuff. But with Turley's comments, I have to say it is kind of like a coup. If they literally prosecute and impeach without crimes, which is basically what Turley's saying. Hey, this is a Democrat professor attorney. I mean, he's got everything on the other side of the uh, debate than me, right? But yet when he literally says there is no crimes, if they do this, they will literally destroy. And he says democracy, but that's a shame. He's wrong. But it'll, it'll fundamentally change the republic of the future and that there, it, there is no level. He's looked at all the cases and all the historical reality, and there's just not the level of impeachment or the, the bar set uh, where it needs to be for this. There's not crimes that are proven so far. We're going forward uh, suggesting that expediency can, you know, Trump everything else, pardon the word Trump there. Um, but, you know, this guy's literally saying there's no crimes here yet that we've doubled down on. We don't have the case built. If you want to go ahead and build a case, be my guest. But in the meantime, you don't have one, and that's why this is wrong. I think that's a critical component here, and if they do proceed, it will amount to a coup, as President Trump says, Joe. Yeah, no, no, I I agree that my favorite part of his testimony, I think the most important was the, you know, defi- definition of a crime. You know, like if you if you're going to claim that what he's done is a crime, uh, you know, we are all in trouble because if the, you know, the president of the United States can be taken down by a, a non-crime even though the constitution, you know, it's only high crimes and misdemeanors uh, as a standard that that has to be reached. We're we're in trouble. You know, I, I faced a similar situation with with my trial, where they try to take a disagreement with the Internal Revenue Service as being a crime, and that it's just a horrible precedent. Thankfully, they weren't successful, but it's a horrible precedent because if you can't disagree with an agency, uh, or in this case, a Congress who isn't hasn't even found a crime, but they're creating the you know apparition of a crime we're, we're just in so much trouble uh, that that, those, that there's that kind of a mentality you know that just some kind of action they're going to call it a crime it isn't they can't prove that it is they have no evidence to show that it is and it's just i, I think that was the greatest point so i totally agree with you 
And not only is it the greatest point, but if they proceed, though, it really does amount to a coup, though, because if, if the president cannot have a, a proper due process and we can't force them to document and prove the crimes he's committed, there's no justice in the system at all anymore, sir. Well, the double standard is, is huge. I mean, I, and I, I'd rather just rely on what we've been talking about. But, of course, the double standard to have people like Schiff or Nadler, you know, uh, dicing up these this tiniest little stuff when you look at what they've done in their careers and what they've done in this impeachment process. It, it's just mind-boggling, the double standard. Joe Bannister with us, ladies and gentlemen. Agentfortruth.com. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The impeachment inquiry hitting a new level yesterday as four law professors testified before the House Judiciary Panel, providing constitutional context for the impeachment inquiry into President Trump's dealings with Ukraine. Just a short time ago, while visiting Portugal, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was asked about his alleged involvement in that July phone call. I'll answer only this. It's just all wrong. A shooting at the U.S. Naval Shipyard in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, has left three people dead, including the gunman. The shooter was a sailor who opened fire yesterday on three Defense Department workers before shooting himself, a third victim in stable condition. Defense Chief Mark Esper says the pullback of U.S. forces in northeastern Syria is now complete. And this is USA Radio News. Did you know the average rate on credit cards in the U.S. is over 17%? And the average credit card debt is over $16,000 per household. Hey, everyone. This is Mike. And this is Brian, the Fellowship Home Loans. Credit cards. It's hard to live without them, but wouldn't it be great if we could? It is possible. For over 15 years now, we have helped homeowners out of the pit of despair with revolving credit cards with a Fellowship Home Loans debt consolidation refinance. You could save hundreds, even thousands. Thousands on your monthly payments, increase your tax deductions, and lower your mortgage rate. Plus, as a bonus, maybe you'll sleep a little easier after you cut up those cards. Give us a call at 800-804-SAVE. That's 800-804-7283. And see how much you could save. Or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. FellowshipHomeLoans.com. Fellowship Home Loans. Welcome home. Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender, MLS number 60134. North Korea's foreign affairs ministry says the year-end limit is coming for the United States. A report from the state-run news agency doesn't say what the deadline is actually for, neither does the government. North Korean media reporting in April, though, that leader Kim Jong-un said he would wait till the end of the year for the Trump administration to change its approach to denuclearization talks. While at the NATO summit in London, President Trump said yesterday, We have the most powerful military we've ever had, and hopefully we don't have to use it. But if we do, we'll use it. 
A federal judge in Montana says tribal hunts of bison from Yellowstone National Park can continue, declining to issue an injunction against the hunt yesterday, noting that tribes had been planning the hunt for months after it had been first approved back in 2018. You're listening to USA Radio News. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live, syndicated on LovingLiberty.net, the Loving Liberty Radio Network, and LibertyNewsRadio.com. Another radio network, two radio networks, several radio stations, live and on demand via the internet, the Roku player, the dreaded word Alexa, who will try to respond because I said her name, uh, etc. We're just syndicated everywhere, folks. If you want to listen live and on demand, LibertyRoundtable.com gets it done. Or you can download the Loving Liberty phone app today and listen live and or on demand Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Our guest, Joe Bannister, a highly decorated former IRS investigative agent. He was a criminal investigator of one of the most feared agencies in America, the IRS. Now he's an agent for truth.com. You got to dig that. We need agents for truth. Now, I want to highlight, and the reason that I say this is a coup, uh, and the reason that I agree with the president on this now, again, I was a little hesitant on that strong of language before, but when I see this and I see the testimony of Turley, I begin to understand so let me give you the example. The Democrats are as divided as the Republicans. You know, the Republicans are for Trump or against Trump. The Democrat, okay, but now it gets even more fundamental than that. The divide in America going to the very core. Let me explain. Impeachment has to be based on proofs, not presumptions. Democrat law professor Jonathan Turley explains. All right. Well, Hillary Clinton says, quote, who needs a trial? Just impeach the guy already, says Hillary Clinton. And guess where we have to go to to get Hillary Clinton's comments? Y- you want to guess, uh, Joe? I, I don't know. Oh, come on. It can't be the American press. <laughs> they don't report that kind of stuff, right? You got to go to Russia today. Russia Today is reporting Hillary Clinton saying, quote, who needs a trial? Just impeach the guy already. Whereas Jonathan Turley's going, wait a minute, we got to have proofs, not presumptions. But the lady that almost became the president of the United States of America is going, hey, who cares, man? Just impeach him already. We don't need any proof. We don't need any trial. We don't need any. Just throw him in the clink already. Um, if we're not very careful, the very rule of law will be undermined to the point of, It will erode the trust from the American people, from the IRS abusing us, the lack of trust, the courts, the lack of trust, right on down to congressional lack of trust, the media lack of trust. They're going to just flat out undermine the very underpinnings of the United States of America. The fundamental rule of law nation that used to be a beacon on a hill will become so undermined that I'm afraid it'll evolve into anarchy if we're not very careful. I pray that doesn't happen, but the mainstream press is talking about civil war in America coming up. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they claim. This is getting serious, Joe. Well, it is. And, I mean, even even at the local and state level, you know, you have, uh, I think it was Virginia that they, they're they uh, proposing, maybe like their, uh, their house voted on a bill that would outlaw learning self-defense or, or teaching self-defense. So it would outlaw uh, karate or kung fu or... Krav Maga or, or anything that might you might learn to um, how to defend yourself. They would actually outlaw the the process of associating with other people, 
and learning those kinds of uh, those kinds of defense techniques. So it goes to show you how, you know, generally the Democrats, you know, could care less about the Constitution. It does it does drive me crazy how many times Nancy Pelosi will mention the Constitution and how she is uh, the biggest defender of the Constitution. It just nauseates me. Do you want to respond to this, Kurt? Because I'm convinced that they're, they're, I mean, they're striking at the very underpinnings of America. If we lose trust, if we lose our confidence in our system, in the courts, in Congress, in the president, in the three branches of government, in the Constitution, in the rule of law, uh, I mean, I can go on and on and on. If we lose confidence in that, in our money system, it's going to create America, which will be a nation of, I mean, it'll be a state against state. It'll be citizen against citizen. It'll be brother against brother. I mean, they, the, we're going to the very core. Uh, if we're not very careful with this divide, that the only way to bring it back is to to prevent the erosion of trust and to bring back God, family, and country is the only way to stop this, uh, in my opinion, slide into the abyss. And you can say, well, Sam, you're being a little too strong on this, aren't you? I don't know about that. When the president says it's a coup and a Democrat, a Democrat attorney says, I don't even like Trump. I don't agree with him on anything. I didn't vote for him. But, hey, we don't have the crimes necessary for impeachment. If you proceed, do so at your own peril. Because the future of the country will change fundamentally because of this. And then you literally have the possible, you know, president of the United States still, meaning she lost last time, but she might run again, um, saying who cares about the rule of law and who cares about a trial? Just just impeach him already. I mean, this is serious stuff, Kurt. What do you say? Well, Sam, I wish I weren't about to say that basically uh, this is already going on. Um, you have in America, you have places where people, um, you know, don't want to be because you have out of control um, government, out of control activities by, you know, crime or criminals. Um, and so you have people moving and uh, going to safer places. Um, and, and yet, um, you know, it seems like um, nobody really addresses the key issue, which is we've got to return to God's moral back basis of a good society. And that is, you know, the uh, honoring of his laws, the keeping of his commandments. And uh, we've got to do those things if we're ever, if we're ever at all hopeful in uh you know, making things, I guess you could say, making America great again. Have I overstated the issue, do you think, Joe? Not, not one bit. But as I said, the the, the other side, uh, I'm sorry, they just, and I, you know, I, I, I can understand how Turley was talking about, you know, we're, we're mad at each other and we demonize each other, but I, I don't see when we call out the fact that they're going through this process, uh, you know, claiming there's a crime when there isn't one. I don't consider that demonizing. But, you know, when Hillary Clinton calls people like us uh, deplorable, that's demonizing. So (laughs) I'm a little bit um, I oppose him claiming that there's, you know, like demonization to me is where you're claiming something that's false about the other side. And uh I don't see, you know, if, if the Republicans and the people like us are claiming that there's no crime and that these people are moving forward on the basis of no, of no crime, uh, 
that's not demonizing. So uh, I have a little bit of bone to pick with that aspect. All right. Well, Robert De Niro, the actor, speaking out. Kurt's got details. Kurt? Brian Chai, the Western Journal, brings this piece forward. Kind of an interesting little tidbit. Uh, Western Journal has been uh, working quite a bit with WND.com, doing a great job uh, lately. But Robert De Niro in the news, speaking out. Yeah, I'm trying to remember where headline, that one is. But, uh, headline, Trump yeah. wouldn't last long in real gangster world. Hmm. Well, Robert De Niro, I don't know. I don't I mean, even get the question. Robert wouldn't do well in the gangster world either, regardless of the movies that the guy plays in. But I, I, I don't understand why are we talking about a gangster world when we're talking about a duly elected president, Kurt? See, that's kind of the interesting mm-hmm. shift going on here. And that's the reason that Great I bring point. this up now. Do we act like we're just in a, hey, man, Donald Trump's involved with the, he's in a gang that's against the Mexican gangs. Or, you know, he's not with the blood of the Crips. He's with the white man gang, the white supremacist gang. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about a criminal mafia world or a gangster world? Or are we talking about the president of the United States with the separation of powers, legitimately so, based on the rule of law, based on historical um, significance? And, okay. Trump wouldn't last long in the real gangster world? Well, why should he last long in the gangster world? I don't even understand the discussion. Unless your goal is, is to it, shift the discussion to criminal activity everywhere. Joe? And Trump is in the uh, he's in the real gangster world. It's not a matter of he wouldn't do well in it. He's in it and he's not he's not doing well. He's in it because it's the swamp. Yeah. He's in it because, but what's this discussion about by Robert? What's he talking about, Kurt? I mean, this is kind of a crazy statement, really. Right. Well, you couldn't agree more, Sam. And this, uh, you know, uh, the same people that accused the accused the president. Remember before the election when they were like um, saying, uh, well, hey, President or Trump says he won't, um, you know, go ahead and go with the results of the election. I mean, he'll he'll contest it or whatever. I mean, the same people that accused him of doing that. I mean, they've been contesting it ever since. And, you know, it seems like. It's uh, well, the king men are out of control, in my opinion. But you know what I find interesting? Let's take Robert's point for a second, a little literal, and say, hey, the only people that do well in the gangster world are gangsters. Uh, the only people who do well in the criminal world are hardened criminals. The only way you do better than another guy is to be a little bit more hardened, a little bit more ruthless, a little more evil, a little more deceptive, a little more dishonest, a little more. I mean, I can go on and on, right? Okay. The only way to, to beat them at their own game is to do better at it, to be more conniving, more deceptive, more ruthless, more um, whatever. Okay. Donald not doing well in that world. Well, that denotes that they're all criminals in that world and he's not. When we come back, let's see if Joe thinks that that makes any sense. Because I'm looking at it going, why would Donald do well in that world? Donald's not part of the swamp. He's far from perfect, but he's trying to create some transparency. He's trying to create some accountability. Will he get very far is the question. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. 
We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. At some point, you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all going to have regrets, but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. So the very assertion by Robert De Niro that Donald Trump wouldn't last long in the real gangster world. Well, Joe points out he is in the gangster world. The swamp's pretty deep and he ain't doing very well. But it also suggests the only way to do well in that criminal world is to be a better criminal, a hardened criminal, a more, I don't know, criminalistic criminal, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, Donald not doing well there almost suggests that everybody else is criminals and he's not. I mean, it almost suggests that, doesn't it, Joe? Yeah, my understanding about that, like making that statement, it was that Joy Reid, um, you know, claiming that Trump was a gangster, which, you know, that's what MSN right. is all about. And then, uh, you know. De Niro comes yeah, back and response. says, hey, he wouldn't even do well in the real world of gangsters. Come on, forget it. He's not a gangster. Well, uh, yeah, he's not even a not even a good gangster. I mean, it's it's nonsensical. But, but their attempt was to just say he's not worthy of anything. He's not even a good gangster. He's not good at anything. He's a bad at everything guy. But what it really does, in my opinion, is defend President Trump to say, you know what? He doesn't play in that world like the criminals in the swamp do. Hey, he's not doing very well at it because the swamp's incredibly deep. But it almost defends Trump, really, in a kind of an ironic twist way. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird stuff. All right, moving on, though. A couple of other quick stories that I want to bring to your attention before the end of the hour. Man, time is short when the hard hitting is good. I don't know what you call it. Bill Clinton, Kurt, tell us about him. He's in the news once again. Well, this is a piece from the uh, Daily Mail, uh, so it's across the ponds. You're not going to get much of this kind of coverage here in America. Uh, But the headline reads, Bill Clinton was Jeffrey Epstein's closest celebrity mate and a frequent guest at his New Mexico ranch with wife Hillary, staying at the pedophile's cowboy-themed village. That's what uh, state workers Say uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton would stay at Jeffrey Epstein's New Mexico ranch frequently after they left the White House, uh, former estate workers told Daily Mail TV. The former president was Epstein's 
closest celebrity mate, and the Clintons visited Zorro Ranch. That's a whole a whole bunch of times, they say, according to a former contractor who ran the IT system at the property. Uh, the family never stayed in the main house, but bunked down in a special cowboy-themed village created by Epstein, which lies a mile south of his own villa. According to sources, the guest homes are next um, to other traditional Wild West-style buildings, such as an old schoolhouse and saloon bar, which are all near Epstein's private airstrip, where he arrived on his private planes. This all according to security expert Jared Kellogg, who brought who was brought in by long-standing ranch manager Bryce Gordon to improve security and set up a camera system at the main house and Cowboy Village. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit more from Kellogg. He says, I was saying how cool the replica houses were. Yeah, they're built for guests. It's really cool the Clintons come out and hang out with Epstein. Bill Clinton and Epstein were once friends. Um, they revealed the convicted pedophile had a bizarre portrait of Bill in a dress worn by Hillary hanging on the wall of his New York mansion. Um, Clinton has flown on Epstein's private planes, the Lolita Express, several times, but denied ever visiting one of Epstein's residences, apart from one time at his New York home. You got to get that source, Chris White from the Daily Mail across the pond, Sam. Joe, do you want to respond to this? Because while we're talking about these non-crimes of the president, literally the expert attorneys and expert professors are saying no crimes. Uh, literally, um, now you've got a scenario where, hey, you got a dead man that supposedly committed suicide. The debate's raging about that. And then you've got this pervert sex convicted felon that's dead, but you got his close associates. And you've got women allegating or making allegations of rape to Prince Andrew and allegations of Bill Clinton rapes rage on. And now the two are tied together in, well, multiple situations on the Lolita Express airplane uh bill clinton said he was only on there a time or two and don't worry his secret service was there so it's okay he lied he was on there over 26 times according to fox without secret service presence there was little girls on the manifest i might add and now he's involved in the new mexico ranch with a pervert Mm. birds of a feather flock together Uh, but now are we going to really investigate real crimes or are we just going to let that slide under the rug with these new revelations joe well, I'm again disgusted with the double standard. I mean, the the Democrat uh, constituency is all upset because Trump, you know, was recorded years ago as talking about uh, being able to grab a woman by her private parts. Yet, when it comes to something like this, and I mean, I don't I don't support that kind of a statement, but you know, he was saying it privately. Compare, and they're just outraged. And if you listen to Democrats, man on the street interviews, that's what they bring up, you know, as, as why he's such a bad guy, one of the reasons. Um, but then you look at what goes on with Epstein and, and Clinton and all the documented, you know, uncontested facts about, uh, I guess, you know, being on the Lolita Express and his relationship with Epstein. Uh, and the Democrats, you know, you hear cricket. Uh, so I just can't stand that double standard. It's like, okay, if you if you really can't stand that Trump, uh, you know, said such things, great. But I mean, then apply that same standard to your leadership, and all those people should be, you know, booted out of office. 
but it's it's a total double standard, and it just drives me crazy. So I just hope they keep on gathering this evidence to show, you know, what Clinton was has really been up to all these years. The holding office was just his front. What he was interested in was just, you know, pleasuring himself with uh, with all kinds of women. Well, there you have it. Some are now saying that um, Jeffrey Epstein and his female partner were uh, Israeli or Israeli um, compromise agents. And what they would do is compromise all kinds of United States politicians in uh, protection of and defense of Israel. I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying that there's allegations like that. And what's weird to me is we're not investigating any of this stuff. I mean, there's a couple of news report reporting groups, uh, you know, documenting some of this stuff, but nobody's really giving this any wings, which I find shocking, shocking. Because Donald said that we were going to prosecute, and now he's saying nothing's going to happen to Hillary. The overall hope I have is that they're going to impeach Trump and that he's going to be the first president in history to be reelected after being impeached. And you know, that's an interesting twist. That's a good point. What do you think of that, Kurt? He might get impeached by these thugs uh, and uh, fundamentally violate the reality where there's no crimes here, but we're going to impeach anyway. And then the American people are going to show their will. The checks and balances at work, at least. Right, Kurt? Well, that's a great point, and uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, All right, I want to end on this topic. I know I'm switching topics fast a little bit here, but I want to get Joe Bannister's take on this since he is a tax expert. There's what's called the health insurance tax, health insurance tax hit. So it's nicknamed the hit tax and it's a hundred billion dollar plus sales tax on health insurance. That's almost going to hit everyone increasing the cost of health coverage for individuals, small businesses, seniors, and the like. Now, New Hampshire representative Al Baldessaro brought this to my attention. Do you realize the hit tax is a coming? No one's talking about it, but it's right around the corner, and it's going to absolutely cost billions of dollars. It's going to affect states, seniors, taxpayers, small business, individuals, virtually everybody. Uh, It's going to be a huge hit to the economy coming up in 2020. Uh, What do you say to this, Joe? Well, I I was looking into it a little bit. To be honest, I wasn't aware of it, but apparently it's been part of the uh, Obamacare since the beginning. It's just that like many of the provisions in Obamacare, there's this graduated uh, or, you know, little by little uh, mission creep. They call those progressive, sir. Right. Uh, But, you know, little by little, in order to have the bitter pill, you know, not you not be spit up because you don't realize how bad the pill is all at once. And obviously, Obamacare has been proven that it, it, its real purpose was to get rid of, of private health care insurance and um, get us into a government uh, health care system. And so this is just, to me, another uh, prospect. But it's been in, it's been part of Obamacare since the beginning. It's just that the early stages were a little little easier to swallow still it was like you said 100 billion uh, was basically the additional taxes that employers you know the businesses were having to pay and of course they're going to pass those costs on and then in 2020 2020 2021 uh 2022 it's supposed to double 
uh, again and again, then that means that all of these businesses are going to pass on those costs in the insurance premiums to the average person. And now the Republicans could have got rid of it, but they doubled down and kept it, didn't they? Yeah, and the experts are saying that it's going to make uh, not only the premium increases are going to be huge, but it's going to affect people in just like a middle, lower middle class are going to are going to bear the brunt of this. So it's I don't know. I, I hope that with a democratically controlled House that they can do something about this. But again, I'm also hoping that by November 2020, uh, the Democrats lose control of the House and we can, you know, put an end to this uh, circus. Well, if we could abolish the IRS, though, we wouldn't have uh, these taxes because there'd be nobody to carry them out. Right now, the IRS is the default, quote, Obamacare agent for abuse, if you will. And if if we gut or shut down the IRS like we need to, then they wouldn't have any, quote, enforcement agent on this thing. And they could use one of the checks and balances by, you know, defunding this thing or DT thing or defanging this thing. Uh, that's what needs to happen, Joe. Well, and I'm preaching to the choir because your listeners are all uh, smart and uh, up-to-date, um, well-informed, thanks to you guys. But the fact of the matter is, the IRS is the control mechanism to keep us all in line. And I don't I don't know why the American people put up with it, especially with the lies, you know, that I, as you mentioned in my book or on my website, the lies that they've told the American people for over 100 years. And, uh, and knowing that the IRS is the enforcer with all of these socialist and leftist uh, programs, it, it does absolutely need to be abolished because, you know, it is the... Um, the only reason the American people tolerate it is because we don't know how to stop it. Uh, Congressman Steve Stockman, who has fought against the IRS and tried to throw Lois Lerner in jail for her crimes, literally, she's free and he's in prison right now. And so the problem is that Americans don't have a mechanism or an organization to come together and fight back. If we did, we would stop it. But I don't believe that the checks and balances in this scenario were working well enough. Anybody who's really taken on the IRS in full fashion has literally been slaughtered. Some of them have escaped with no criminal um, charges or no criminal charges that stick like you and others. But like Sherry Peel Jackson went to jail wrongfully so but nevertheless many people have lost their homes many people go to jail and so it's this it's this abusive arm that congress continues to pretend they hate but literally backed by their silence and backed by their unwillingness to do something about it and rein it in um people just don't have the ability to stop it or do anything about it joe yeah well we have to increase the numbers of people that know about it because yeah the judges are the judges the congressmen everyone is at risk because the irs can destroy their lives give us the name of your book and your website sir uh agentfortruth.com the book's available there on the, the landing page investigating the federal income tax a report to the american people thanks guys 20 years of the making joe banister thank you sir godspeed and merry christmas we'll talk to you next month thank you take care all right there he goes doing a phenomenal job for sam and kurt and joe we declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. But man, we got a lot of work ahead of us. But the checks and balances are key. Morality in the people, vital. And we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundTable.com, donate today. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Yeah.